kind of symbology. What is at stake? It is a big idea. A new world order where diverse nations are drawn together in common cause to achieve the universal aspirations of mankind. My question to you is, in any of your government jobs, have you ever been briefed on the subject of UFOs? And if you have, when was it? What were you told? Well, if I had been briefed on that, I'm sure it was probably classified and I couldn't talk about it. I got out in 1989, we had cataloged 57 different species. We walked over to one side of the lab and he said, by the way, we've discovered a base. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. Greetings and salutations to all of our Skywatchers out there. Whether you are listening intergalactically, interdimensionally, um, what, what am I forgetting? The hollow earth, the matrix, the back of your car, you know, your house. It doesn't matter. Wherever you are listening to us, what up? Somewhere Welcome up the rainbow. To, somewhere somewhere over the rainbow. Over the rain- Narnia. I forgot Narnia. I always forget Narnia and I love Narnia. Somewhere over the rainbow, Narnia. Welcome to another edition of Skywatchers Radio. We are live on the public streaming network. I am one-fourth tonight of the Skywatchers team, DCS, a.k.a. Woo-woo. I am joined by the sad, and we love him, and we hope that things get better for him because he's had a loss today. The other guy, I am sending you a virtual hook. Hi, folks. How are you today? Uh, sorry I don't have my usual enthusiasm. It's, 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 I had a significant loss in the family of my closest – my second closest relative, which was my uncle. Uh, hmm. My father's the first one. Sometimes depends on the mood he's in or actually the mood I'm in. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, but luckily we have some, I know, but luckily apparently we do have some, even though I lost him today, who knows what the ghost hunters that we have on the show tonight and paranormal investigators that we have on the show tonight are going to recommend I do. And, I know, I am uh, going to let, to. Uh, I'm going to let Mr. It's, Brown it's give them the introduction after I get done introducing everybody else. We will have our Nancy Burns experience tonight. We got Nancy on the line. Say what's Hello, up, Hello, everybody. Hello. 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 There Hello. she is. Yes, yeah, so I will give you uh, a, a unique once-in-a-lifetime experience. That's what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. I'm so looking forward to that. My body is ready. So ready. <laughs> and we have the amazing Mr. Swag himself, Chris Brown. What's up, Chris Brown? Hello. How are you doing, everybody? <laughs> ready for the big show? Yeah. So for the Bronx Paranormal Team, everybody's yeah. here. You guys ready to ask him a bunch of questions? So many questions. No, I'm not going to ask oh, any gonna, questions. I'm going to ask them all kinds of questions. And I tell you what, you can because then they're from the Bronx. And that's the way they say it. Not ask, ax. So, but, uh, yep. anyway, they're great. They ask York, you a question. I love New Yorkers. I love I them so do. much. I could just sit there and hear them all day long. And, and so they're going to talk about their nuclear lake, their experiences that they've had there, a little bit of orbs, maybe even some Bigfoot, and a few other little things. So uh, we will get them here shortly, and uh, they'll tell us what the hell they have to say. It's quite interesting, and they're uh, a, a a real uh, route, and I tell you what, nobody likes busting your balls like from New York. So, oh, hey, it is. Oh. Oh, I'm gonna feel like I'm like hanging out with my my Jersey peeps. I'm so excited. 
Mm-hmm. So excited. Yay. All right. Danny, are you, is that you creeping in the how background? Often do you get Jersey That's me. How often, how often do you get Jersey peeps going on there? What do you mean, how often do I? I don't understand your question. Well, well, how often do you actually spend up in New Jersey, and how often do you buy the peeps from the store after Easter? Oh, okay. Well, I used to live in New peeps, Jersey. I was, Easter. Yeah, I lived Easter. in New Jersey for like a decade almost. So, yeah. Uh, and I oh. and now, yeah, well, okay. it, I, I, Jersey sucks, so I don't live there anymore. But I've lived in Wayne and Secaucus well, and all that good stuff. So well, I wait, have wait, an wait, wait, family wait. down in Secaucus. She, she wait. says it right. She says it right, Secaucus. I know. But I you don't say know what you're talking about. It doesn't <laughs> suck. It doesn't Jersey suck. Sucks. Jersey it sucks. Doesn't suck. It does. No. Jersey well, is like the soul sucking asshole of the United States. Ah. Yeah, mm. that's how I feel about Jersey. Yeah, you shouldn't. Yeah. Well, we could say that on the radio, right? Wow. We, could, we could use that word already. <laughs> well, you're right? saying it's the pulsating hemorrhoid on society. <laughs> that's how I feel about <laughs> okay. New Jersey. All right. Well, it's it's <laughs> kind of it's kind of true. Also, it's kind of true. Yeah, <laughs> was that my imagination? Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. Danny, are you with us? Yes, I am here. Danny's going to do all of our. Danny's going to be our social media guy tonight. That's cool. So we have yes, the so. Danny on the team. So the whole team's here, and hey. of course, except for Angel, who's 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 not speaking, but he's here. I know, but he has to speak, doesn't he? Just to prove it. Like, you know, how do we believe otherwise? I feel like that once we get started with the ghost conversation, he's not going to be able to resist saying something. Hmm. The other guy's going to bait him, or you're going to bait him, Nancy, and I feel like at some point during the show, we're going to hear the voice from above. Well, I can probably bring him right out of the shadows with my, my very first thing. If, if Do I want to go first tonight, maybe? Yeah, you go first, and then Chris I'll can do know. his news, and then we'll talk okay. to the fellas. Okay, because it's, it's quick, because last week when I was giving you my medical marijuana news, I made the worst possible mistake a human being could make. It's really Uh-oh. a stupid mistake. Uh-oh, and it's, it's more stupid, I think, than the, that, that football person that nobody's ever heard of who saw a UFO. Um, <laughs> the Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's stupid. You truly know nothing about football. Okay, no, what I've never, heard, heard, of the guy. never heard of the guy. Ah, we're 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 actually supporting the fact that Ooh. I also have never heard of that football guy from last week. Oh my goodness. Tim Remember? Tebow? No, oh. Aaron somebody. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so it wasn't me. It wasn't oh me alone. God. Exactly. Well, exactly. It wasn't my house. It wasn't week me alone. And you're gonna come out John Madden, all right? Because that's all it takes. I'm saying when football season starts, we're going to educate you people. Oh, okay, yeah. so so here, here's here's the terrible mistake. I have to I have to tell you guys this in case somebody sets their clock and lives their life based on Skywatchers news. You got to change from last week. You got to you got to take down the party hat or whatever because the 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 Reddit thread I was reading said the title said NY MMA bill passes assembly MMA now legal in New York. And I just read MMA, all in caps, as MMD. But it's not. There's a thing called MMA, and I think it has to do with wrestling or something. Yeah, mixed martial arts. Yes. It's mixed martial arts. <laughs> yes. It's, uh, a, fighting, Dude, that's so it's big. a fighting system. Yeah, <laughs> that's now legal in yeah, New yeah. York. Oh, okay. Why was well, it so ever So does that not- mean for people, so like, well, it's it not was very, marijuana. very extremely violent. Yeah, it's pretty. Uh, it's, no, it's, it's not, not like boxing. You, uh, you definitely. It's, it's, I mean, you fight. 
It's, it's not like you know wrestling either. That's uh, mixed martial arts is serious. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, so it's, I hate yeah, it's it's a whole can of it's a whole can of whoop ass. Not half a can. It's a whole can of whoop ass. Oh, so it's yeah. not. Yeah. So as I said, if you're if you, if you went to somebody in New York and said, "I hear it's legal," uh, I'm really sorry. <laughs> it's, it's medical. Go ahead, Danny. Medical medical well, marijuana arts. Medical martial arts. Medical. Mixed. What is mixed. it? Mix? Mixed, mixed mixed martial arts. What's the mix? The, it's different types. Uh, any different type of martial of arts that you could think of is combined. Yeah. yeah any martial arts that you could think of is combined. Along in a with style. a little mental, uh, you know, disorder too, because you really got to have a disorder to do that, far as yeah. I'm concerned. Because I've been fighting street fights, and they're really scary. And to do that for a living. You really—I don't care how much you're paying you. They're just well. Hold on, hold on. First, first off, you usually have a glass bottle with you when you're in a bar fight. Right. You don't have a glass bottle in the cage. Okay. Oh, so oh my you know there there's a difference there, folks. You know. Well, well so but, anyways, listen, that, that's yeah. That, there's that mistake. Yeah. Uh, no and, other no thing offense, is, but I gotta that, say, mixed martial arts is a really cool thing because you know mixed martial arts is really actually impressive yeah, because. Um, how often can you use kung fu or karate in a bar fight? Um, because they're not con- the whoever you're fighting against does not, you know, is not uh, using the same defensive style that you are. Nunchucks? So oh, you- no, they can't use nunchucks. They can't nunchucks are nunchucks are illegal in a lot of states. <laughs> Although I think they should. I did be not know legal, that. It, yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Well, yeah, I pull so, out the nunchucks yeah. and they take them away and beat the shit out of me. So, <laughs> so you know, I, that's, I don't think I'll ever use well, those. Well, I'll help. I'll help that. them beat the shit out of you. I, <laughs> I will happily help them beat the shit out of you. How about? That's well, I want so to me. Um, Is I that okay? To let all of our- well, yeah, no problem. Not to step on any. I'm not. Hopefully, this isn't. To uh, you know, I'm not going someplace where I shouldn't go. But um, Joe Rogan is involved with that, and while I appreciate him as an actor, and I don't really care about what he's done as far as mixed martial arts, um, I think he's a great comedian. I don't appreciate the way that he treated Bill Burns when um, he interviewed when Joe when Joe interviewed Bill. He hasn't found yeah. yet. He must uh, have felt in- he-, he must have felt intimidated. But he's very much into mixed martial arts, uh, Rogan. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Okay. Well, uh, and then I also want to throw out for discussion uh, the concept, the fact <clears throat> that Hoagland, Richard C. Hoagland, is leaving Dark Matter. Right. Uh-oh. Yeah. That's oh, pretty going. Cool. Really? Yeah. He's packing his stuff and just that's, taking that's off. That's not huh? cool. Ah. Uh, Okay. Well, yeah. Well, maybe it's time he should be running away from that sanity there. So, you know. Well, maybe, maybe you it's know. better he's running away from the crates. Yeah, well, it's a bit the all powerful. Dark matter didn't recover after after. Um, oh my God! Art Bell. Art Bell. It didn't recover yeah, after Art guy. Bell left. That guy. I mean, it really. I mean, it, I think those are really just his show and and Midnight in the Desert with Heather are the only ones that are live over there right now, right? Well, Art's yes. not even on the air. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, other side of midnight. So maybe we should just the have them yeah. change it into the repeat channel. I don't know. I think it well, should be Dark Matter Repeat is the name of the station that it should be now. Yeah. All it is is repeat. You know, it was a fun ride while it lasted, and it's you know it's hard to put together a radio station. So 
Yeah, was that, that's right. That was a, it was very fun. <laughs> no, no, right. you're right. You're right. Yeah, you're right. You know, you know unfor- unfortunately, we lost a little bit of listenership there, but you know, we can gain it back. I, right? you, know, I, you know, I think they'll find us. I do. I yeah. think the Sky Watchers Radio is awesome, just like Future Theater. So, and I think they'll find us over here on I PSN. Think they will Hopefully, too. they will find other shows on PSN that they like. Well, how about Fun Network? Well, how about Women in Hoodies? There's a show that I really want to listen to. Women in Hoodies? Women in Hoodies. Wow. I I haven't heard of Women in Hoodies. But, um, wow. Uh, Are they feminist liberals or both? We are are all Is it All Lives Matter? They are awesome. That's right. Okay. That's right. You can't handle women in hoodies, Seth. You were not ready for women in hoodies. Well, but no. you can catch you can catch women in hoodies every Sunday. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Eastern, I'm, And I'm, you can sorry. listen on, to on, the archives on. of hold women on. in hoodies on the PSN Radio SoundCloud. I would yeah. I would like when to it comes hear to women in hoodies. Yeah. I've been there. I've done that. I got the video to prove it. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I want to see the video. I don't believe you until I see the video. Well, I hope you can get well, Angel a- I'm vouch for what I did in my past. <laughs> What's yeah. that, Nancy? No, I was hoping that maybe you could get a second time slot. Um, well, All you right. can pick it up. In, well, I always miss it. I always on Sunday uh, I, miss I it. I the archive in the chat room now. And the, yes, I know. And then people can go to SoundCloud and start picking up the older shows. But I love live. I want to hear it live. I know. Yes. I know. I know. Yes. We, uh, I, think, I think Angel would uh, ninja chop me right in the neck if I changed my show time again. So that's pretty much going to be our spot for a little while. And Julie works. She, she's, got a, she's got a real job. And it's kind of – and she's in California time, so it's hard for her and I's schedules to, cl- to match up. Right, so we right. finally found a time spot that actually works for us, and that's kind of it. So we'll be uh, that'll be it for a while. Well, are you producing, or is Angel producing that one? I am producing that one. Good for you. See that? Yeah. See yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. and yeah. Uh, we will also be starting an Orphan Black podcast on Friday, and ah. we're just throw that won't be live. We're going to record it, and then we're going to throw it up. Um, uh, so I, you know, I'll, and I'll, uh, I just, you know, I haven't told well, Angel That yet. sounds and good. I, You're going to throw it up. Okay. We're going <laughs> to throw it up. That's right. And I will let, uh, Mr. Espino know so he can throw up some archives in the, uh, in the, um, what, you know what I'm saying, Danny, the, uh, auto DJ. There we go. Well, are you going to, are you going to branch out from or- or- Orphan Black to maybe others as well? No, Julie and I have a love of that show, and we spend a, quite a bit of time on Women in Hoodies talking about it, so we decided okay. that we just might as well do our own little podcast about it. going to check that out, too. Um, I, I started it. Yeah, Nancy, I didn't we're going to have to do a cannabis show, don't forget. We're going to add that onto the network. Yeah, the cannabis the show, the you should. Yeah, <laughs> but I have to wait. I have to I have to wait till we get, you know, all the legal ducks in a row, and then Bill gets his card. I mean, actually, we can do a show talking well, about just, just, how it's going. No, 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 no. You don't do any. You're not doing any sampling on the show, obviously. You know, wow. we're, we're just going to be talking about it. You're not sampling <laughs> on it because <laughs> it there's other. So there's, <laughs> That's no fun. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, thank you, voice from above. Uh, but in all seriousness, though, I think we'll we'll probably yeah, yeah, we'll do we'll end up doing a four twenty show, but not at four twenty every day or four twenty in the a m or something. You're taking but, it um, all away. Yeah, so, I think so that's, that should be on the next horizon. 
But it makes no sense. You're going to do but a we don't have to talk- show, but not at 420. And it's about marijuana, but it's not going to have marijuana on it. So, so far... It's, well, what, well you know, how do you expect to have marijuana on the radio? You're not going to, you know, people's speakers are not going to smoke. Why you know, not? You know, you blow into, you blow into the, okay, because it's not physically possible unless you got smell-o-vision. No, 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 no. <laughs> Everybody just plans on being stoned if they're listening or if they're talking on the show. Exactly. It would be. Oh, oh yeah. that's, actually, that's actually an interesting idea. Uh, it would, it would, it I, would, I like that idea. Yes, it would prove once and for all whether pot makes you stupid or not. Mm-hmm. Yep. See, we could put that lie to rest. I, I, or we- I, I, actually, I like What? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, like uh, I think we could have a lot of fun with that show. I, I, I truly like that idea. Um, <laughs> yeah. well, I, I think, I think Angel has... Um, Wait, what? <laughs> I believe, I believe Angel laughing. has shot down the you go you go stupid because every time he's producing he's high on something so um i have done, i'm voting I have done, that uh i was if i've i have gone to a records management job stoned i have written books stoned i have been a productive stoner so i call bat squatch on this that the, you know marijuana well, makes you stupid and you have excellent company because the person yeah. i heard that from is terrence mckenna and that's all i needed to hear because he really can string things together he can pull yeah. from lots of different bits of erudition and he does it casually with great glee he can answer questions and he's always he said he was the most stone person of anybody he ever met so he swears mm-hmm. he took a lot so uh, <laughs> sadly he died I, of, I wouldn't i wouldn't yeah. doubt him i wouldn't doubt his word yeah i know yeah. and i recommend to anybody if you don't haven't heard Terrence McKenna, please go on oh, the you're, web. You're just silly. You're just oh, yes. silly. There's some Look, great... Oh, I thought she was going to say she would highly recommend everybody try some pot, but uh, okay. Well, that when too. It's legal, well, when it's legal. When it's legal. Yeah, when, it's legal. Sure. when it's legal in your well, state, folks, by well, all you means, can get go ahead and smoke it up. The CBD vape oil is available because I bought some... Um, <laughs> Well, CBD is okay. That's the medical side, CBD. It's 100% legal anywhere in the world um, because it does not have the um, hallucinogenic THC in it. It's just the the CBD extract, which is the cannabinoid uh, derivatives. Um, And there's some significant health benefits and medicinal benefits from that as well, too. It really helps been, with anxiety, um, you know. Yeah, you it, could hear Danny in the background. It's real. Danny sa- sounds so anxious. Please, please don't talk so loud. You guys are making me scared. All that noise <laughs> are coming around. I just can't handle it. Please stop. <laughs> no, 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 stop. No, no, no. Stop, stop, folks. There's chalk that says the word Trump. I have to go to my safe space. Mm-hmm. There's what? I really have oh, to. Oh, chalk, chalk, chalk. Chalk. There's chalk. There's chalk. We're not going from the happy That says topic. Trump 2016. No. We're not going from the happy we, talk of marijuana. Okay. We there. lost listeners last I week because of that. We did. We did. Chalk lines. We did. We actually lost them right from the chat. That's awesome. All right, so I think we're we're uh, we're actually twenty minutes, but be- well, we're five minutes behind to get our guests on. Uh, I am sorry, Mr. Brown, we didn't get to your news, so just save it because we got we digressed into pot. But you know that's what uh, happens. That's, when- that's okay. We will save it. But I will say this: save? is that the, the the crooks were found, and the UFO uh, disasterly deeders are now uh, caught. 
and are persecuted for what they have done. I believe they've just caught one. But nice. um, that's my one news. There you go. Let's get them in. Let's do it. Let's do it. So So, we say, producer man, take us to break. And on the other side of the break, we will have the Bronx Paranormal Society on to talk about stuff. We got stuff to talk about. You are live on Skywatchers Radio on the public streaming network. Don't go anywhere. Put a team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with key information solutions. Providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology. Preventative maintenance and networking support. Hardware and custom built computers. Let key information solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly, or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call Key Information Solutions now. 954 That's 954-973-3374. Or visit keyinformation.com. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's SupermanHomePage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. SupermanHomePage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. SupermanHomePage.com, for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the Man of Steel and more. SupermanHomePage.com Here's a riddle for you. What do the California Gold Rush of the 1850s, secret societies, coded messages, mysterious 19th century flying machines, and an early 20th century outside artist named Charles A.A. Delshaw all have in common? The Secrets of Delshaw by Dennis Crenshaw and Pete Navarro. Go to www. SecretsOfDelshaw.com to learn more. Roswell, UFOs, flying saucers, alien abduction. Are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the internet. And welcome back to Sky Watchers Radio. We are live on the public streaming network. And our producer yelled at us because we went to break too early. I blame the other guy because the other guy should have known better. It's all the other guy's fault. Yep. Um, blame it on me. It's all my fault. I'm not the one who took us out. But go ahead and blame it on me. <laughs> I'll take it's the okay. blame. I'll, I'll take the blame. I got today. the show. <laughs> Mr. Brown, these are your right. fellows, so I am going to turn the microphone over to you and let you introduce our guest tonight. Yeah, well, who we have here is we have our uh, Al. Now, Al, tell us how we say your last name. <laughs> it's Santa Riga. Santa Riga. 
Santa Riga. All right. We have Al Santa Riga, and we have Brian Bowden, and we have Bill Forte. And they're here for the Bronx Paranormal Team. And uh, they go and do investigations and and uh, Nuclear Lake and, and if, uh, other things. So let's kind of get into a little bit of what you guys do. Uh, why don't you kind of hit on a, what kind of started you into all this? Well, um, hi, my, I'm Al Santarig. I'm the founder and CEO of the Bronxville Paranormal Society. And uh, my brother, uh, Frank, he's been, you know, investigating paranormal for 40 years. And uh, he basically got everybody in my family involved with the paranormal. And uh, after, you know, many years of having experiences and all kinds of sightings and, and you name it, I've seen it, everything except for ghosts. Um, I decided to put a team together and do some real investigations. I was going out with my friends, just messing around and, you know, going to places, you know, of high strangeness. So eventually I put a team together and Brian is my um, director of uh, executive director of technology and paranormal research. All right. Bill Bill is an honorary member and my alternate camera guy whenever my guy can't make it. Oh, we know Bill is. And, yeah, Bill's a great camera guy. Yep. And, uh, and basically, the way this whole investigation got started it is um, I've done a couple of uh, investigations at this place called Nuclear Lake. Okay? It's a place of high strangeness. There's been a lot of uh, Bigfoot sightings here, amongst other things. And you know, I told Bill the stories, and uh, he wanted to go check out the place. So our early last spring... We went out there, and I showed him the area. And, you know, it's a mile hike up from the parking lot to the lake. So when we got up to the lake, we were just chilling out, drinking some water. And Bill was filming because it was a really beautiful place, locations. The Appalachian Trail runs right along. Yeah. I mean, the lake, the lake is 55 acres long. I mean, big. Oh, wow. And the park itself is 1,100 acres. And then there's, you know, countless acres of woods around it just uh so we were there and i had a ghost app going and you know and it was saying that there was an entity in front of us and an entity behind us and just messing with bill i said hey uh bill you know wouldn't it be what were you using to detect these we just had what we're using to detect these ghosts i just had a ghost app on my phone yeah ghost app just 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 to see if we could get any intelligent responses with anything. Because I've been there before and I used it. And I've got some pretty, you know, amazing stuff as far as um, getting uh, uh, intelligent responses to my questions. So I was just messing with Bill. And I okay. said, wouldn't it be funny if uh, this uh, there's a Sasquatch in front of us, you know, and a Sasquatch behind us. And no sooner did I do say that, we heard a tree knock. And Bill turns to me and says, you know, what, what was that? And I said, it sounded like a tree knock to me, you know, and we're laughing. And I said, wouldn't it be funny if that one's telling the one behind us that, you know, don't come out of the woods, just, you know, two guys in between us. As soon as I said that, we had a rock come flying out from behind the, behind us, a uh, stone come flying out of the woods from behind us. So Bill said, what does that mean? And I said, I think that means uh, it's time for us to move on. Run. So, it means Run. <laughs> so you know, as as we're walking along, this 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 place used to uh, United Nuclear Corporation used to mine uranium there, and they used to have a facility on site where they would um they would re- refine it and it 
blew up and all the uranium and plutonium fell into the lake and that's how it's got its name and so we're moving along the uh, uh the mining the mining road and then there's a little campsite where the appalachian trail comes right out so and i'm explaining to builders you know people camp here and you know they have these bigfoot sightings and and it was uh we it was the lake was low because we hadn't gotten a lot of rain yep. and as we were looking along the mud line the shoreline we seen a footprint. At least it looked like a left footprint to us. And I got a size 13 boot, and I put my boot boot down next to what Bill was filming, and it morphed my boot. And we moved on, and we found, I brought him down the Appalachian Trail, and we found, you know, tree trees, uh, saplings that were snapped and twisted at like the seven eight foot um, height. We we found structures. Um, uh, you know, it's not really. It didn't really look like a shelter because. It's, it couldn't have been a hunting blind because it's a federal park. You're not allowed to hunt on it. And it wasn't a, some kind of structure to protect, like, hikers from, you know, the weather because it was just too shabbily made. And uh, we moved on. Then we found a really amazing tree structure, uh, almost looked like um, tree tr- uh, tree branches that were, like, 20 feet long, 6, 8 inches thick, wrapped around one another in the shape of, like, a a teepee around uh, uh, two huge trees with a V in the middle, and this thing went right around it. And, you know, and I didn't expect for us to find anything. I was just taking Bill there to show him the lake. And we keep moving along the trail, and it's like a six, eight-mile hike around the lake itself. And we come to these uh, woods, and we find uh, – hey, Bill, you want to tell them about the stone things? Well, are you talking about the three crystallized the, stones? No, the, the stone, the little stone figurines. Yeah, the figurines, they were on a, I would say on a ledge, a rock ledge that was about 30 feet in height, and it was obstructed by debris, and it was large. I mean, I was using my camera to zoom into it, so these were pretty large stones, and again, they were like in a reclusive uh, area. I don't know who or, I mean, we're we're about four miles in the road, uh, down that mine, that road now, so, you know, we're in deep in the woods, so I don't know why anybody would want to create something like this out of nowhere and there's a lot of other interesting um uh, land structures there too there's these rock walls that go on it seems forever and it can be one wall two three they go in numerous directions and um i was asking al could this be something that the native americans could have constructed or maybe during colonial times they used these as property markers but they had no definitive uh like really any kind of pattern so when I seen that um, that stone structure that Al just mentioned, it was pretty interesting because I was thinking more of a Native American feeling from it. You know, that's the kind of vibe that I got from it. But the thing that I uh, took away from that day that I went with Al initially, and then wh- when we get to the Halloween thing that, or that I went with uh, Brian and Al, was the area seemed devoid of life. There was no kind of activity as far as animals or birds or even insects. It just seemed so quiet, eerily quiet, like there was nothing there. Like it was, like I said, devoid of life, which I found kind of interesting because when you initially get close to the lake, coming from the main road, walking down uh, that road, there's an abundance of squirrels and deer and other types of wildlife, birds. But when you get near the lake, you know, it's devoid. Now, I'm thinking maybe that's a consequence due to the activity that occurred in the 70s when they had that uh, plutonium dust uh, litter the area. Supposedly, they cleaned it up. And then there's other uh, 
indicators that there could be these um, massive 55-gallon drums that are at the bottom of the lake that they didn't really clean it up properly. So you hear all this. Yeah, I could, you could bet they did some some stunt like that. Yeah, I mean, on the bottom of the lake. Plus, another thing too, Chris, is that a lot of people in the area have suffered from cancer. So you know, this goes back for decades. I mean, there is you know actual documentation that says indicates this. Another thing too, um, this area, like Al was talking about that campsite, there is a documented Bigfoot case, and I'm sure Al can get more into the details about that. That when he showed me that, and uh, consequently, there was that footprint. Now. You know, these guys are really good with their investigative skills because they have the eye. They have that trained eye to look for certain discernible distinctions about what they're looking for. Like he mentioned about broken branches. And when I seen that footprint image near the edge of the lake where the waterline was, I was looking for rocks that could have fit in that hole. You know, this is not an activity where uh, many people come to. It's, 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 you know, secluded. It's reclusive. It's not something that a lot of people go to. So I'm trying to uh, find out. You know what I mean? It's remote. It's in a very remote location. And um, I'm looking for a stone that could have fit there, you know, just to come up with some kind of logical, real, you know, uh, you know, reasonable uh, explanation. And I couldn't find one. And again, there was these little indicators throughout, like when he's taking me through the Appalachian Trail um, and he's noticing, look, Bill, seven feet up, broken branch. Now, I'm looking for branches on the floor. That could have caused that branch to break, you know, from a tree above. Uh, and these are, like he said, they they they're young trees. They they I mean, what could? And some of them are twisted, so it's not just a snap. It's just, it's like they were twisted, and that's what I was looking for too. Uh, and he was pointing all these things out. And again, these guys, you know, they're really skilled at what they do. So I was pretty um, humble to be a part of that and just be an observer. And that's when. Al, you want to pick it up about those three uh, round stones that we encountered down after we seen that thing on the cliff. Okay. Uh, you know what, Brian? I'd like to bring Brian in and let him discuss those, um, those yeah. little stone figurines because he's our resident expert on that stuff. So, Brian, why don't you explain more about those stone figurines? Uh, stone. Um, hello, everybody. <laughs> stone figurines are – I know them as a nookish. Hi, Brian. Hey, Chris. Um, I've known them as a nookashucks. Uh, usually, with the in- Inuit, what they do is they would they'd pile stones on top of each other, almost making stone figurines. Some of which are a meter high, some are even taller than that, uh, fifteen feet high. Some people call them Karens, I believe. Um, it's something that's found with native or indigenous people uh, throughout North America, and it's very odd to actually. <laughs> More so in the Pacific Northwest than in in the Northeast, so I was kind of taken back by seeing these Karens being put up there. I mean, the only you know I don't know of too many Native Americans that are actually camping out in the woods these days uh, in New York State. Um, so it, it's a pretty interesting well, thing. It's we almost also like a last spirit- of the dogmen well back. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's like a spirit piece. So that it's 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 kind of like a warning to letting anything or anyone know that there are other people here. And, you know, we, we take, you know, just be prepared who you're going to meet. Yeah, that's for sure. So anyway, Bill and I continue along the path and we come across these three large crystal stones in the shape of a pyramid. Now, all the other stones in the woods are either limestones or granite. These three stones are definitely out of place. 
And so I went over and I was messing with him and I, and I, and I knocked him down and Bill said I was going to have like 10 years of bad Ooh, luck. And- yeah, you're going to smoke a turd <laughs> in hell for that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, when, when the day was uh, over and done with, we were pretty amazed by all the stuff we happened to run across and find that day, considering I was just taking him there to show him the lake. So Bill said, Al, we have to come back. We have to come back. And I said, when do you want to come back? He said, let's come back on Halloween. It would be great. It's, you know, it's a place of high strangeness and Hollow's Eve when the veil is thin is between the worlds. And now was, I was explaining to him that we had already had um, a Halloween investigation planned. We were going to go to these um, ancient stone chambers that we have then Putnam Valley, New York. But he was so into it. He was really like, you know, just bounce them off the charts and i said you know what we could always go to the chambers they've been there forever let's let's do this so i called the rest of the team up and you know unfortunately a lot of the guys had to work you know or had plans for halloween so they couldn't come but brian said he was in so um unfortunately with new because it is a federal park you have to get in there during daylight hours and you're not allowed to be at the lake at night but you're allowed to be on the appalachian trail 24 7 so we hiked in on Chris, on New um, Halloween, around four in the afternoon. We hiked in and we started, you know, just uh, showing Brian all the all the locations that we had scattered out. Me and Bill had scattered out. We finally, you know, we get to this um, this these three stone crystal um, a location that was going to be our first uh, uh, spot we were going to do our investigation at, and then work our way back to the car. We had two other locations scattered out. And we get there, and we're, we're setting up our camp around these three huge stones. And um, we called our psychic, and our psychic said, you know, uh, the energy at this place was off the charts. You know, just happened to be a full moon that night. There happened to be a meteor shower. It was Halloween. I mean, she said it, we, it was the oh, perfect. covered all the bases. Yeah, yeah. She, she said it was like the perfect storm. She even said that this particular place – you know, uh, was like a Native American, sacred to Native Americans. And I don't know if that had to do with, you know, the ra- the uranium that was already there or, or what the deal was. But she said it was like um, a, a portal or a dimension where things would come in and out of. And we were going to see all kinds of stuff. And, you know, we said, yeah, okay. Like we, we never believe our psychic when she tells us we're going to see this, that, or the other. Could that thing. have been caused by the explosion of the uh, the nuclear plant? Maybe it actually physically caused a distortion there. That That, that is a theory. That's a, good, that's a good question. It may have. I it's don't know. It's a rip yeah. in the space-time continuum. Yes, yeah, that's no. what our those are the exact words our psychic used. Space time continue. I can't believe you said that. And, wow. and Al, it's a Star Trek thing, you know. <laughs> it's, okay. it's, it's, There's always it's kind a of ripped in the space time continuum. Think, long think more Nikola Tesla and think more of Einstein because they did something called the Philadelphia experiment, which yeah. was they're trying to transport and cloak uh, military ships, and they had a major meltdown problem. And when the, the ship disappeared for a bit, when it came back, a lot of the soldiers were, were, were actually caught between decks embedded in the actual material. No. So it, you know, when you're dealing with that kind of n- nuclear material, who knows what you're, you're opening up. It's kind of like the, the new uh, 
The Calder. Yeah, the Philadelphia Experiment wasn't using any nuclear device in any way, shape, or form. The Philadelphia Experiment actually was using radio, radio um, right. basically Tesla coils and Van de Graaff yeah. generators to try and cloak the electromagnetic signature of the ship. It wasn't designed as a transport um, no, it was, device. Not at all. It, it was, was actually looking uh, for a, it, yeah. Cloaked. It was a, a cloak, yeah. but you're yeah. still talking about a high intensity, well, it, intense amount of energy, and that that you get the same type of energy. It or was that, not designed to be a visual cloak. Yeah, but it wasn't designed to be a visual cloak. It was designed to cloak itself from radar. radar the problem right. is, is that it did a hell of a lot more than that <laughs> with such strong electromagnetic, um, you know, devices. Absolutely. But it was never designed. It was never designed as a visual cloak. Right. It was that designed was as a, a radar cloak. Radar cloak, yes, absolutely. So anyway, it was we're, the we're, first and failed step of uh, stealth technology, I guess. Yeah, I guess you could say that absolutely. So anyway, we we um we 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 hunkered down, and I start uh, pulling out all all of our stuff, and you know we we do I like to do old school, new school, you know, with the technology side of it and the old stuff like the compasses and the dowsing rods and stuff like that. So. Well, I went over and I put a compass on these three stones, and the compass didn't move. There was no electromagnetic energy or anything. I went over with the dowsing rods. They didn't move. I hit it with the thermal imager to see if it was giving off any heat. It wasn't. So, you know, we waited. And then I pulled out my parabolic mic, and we were listening in, and we could hear, like, um, tree knocks coming from the other side of the lake a couple miles away. There was um, somebody in the area must have had a kennel because the dogs were going crazy all night howling at the moon on one side of the lake and the coyotes on the other side of the lake. And um, once it got dark, I broke out a Tibetan singing bowl. And Brian had a clear clear crystal skull and I had a rose quartz crystal. And we put them on these stones and we took photographs to see if we can get any kind of like light anomalies jumping from one skull to the other. But I filled the woods with this frequency and this vibration from this Tibetan singing bowl. And, man, after I did that, the woods really, the whole place, the vibe of the place changed. It just, the energy just ramped right up. So at that point, again, I, I started doing the experiments again with the compass. And now this time the compass is spinning like a top. I can't even get close. I to love it, the but... way you say compass, by the way, Al. <laughs> <laughs> the, the dowsing rods are crossing. I'm not even getting close to these stones, and the dowsing rods are crossing. And I've wow. had these dowsing rods a while, and they've never worked whenever I used them. So it was the first time they ever worked, and they were kind of blowing my mind to feel the energy pull these things in your hand. And then I hit it with the thermal imager again, and the rocks were white hot on the thermal Im- imager but cold to the touch. So now we call the psychic again, and we put our cell phone, because she's out of state, we put our cell phone on the rocks, and we ask her to read the energy of the place. And the energy was so strong that she couldn't even talk. It was like she had cerebral palsy. We couldn't understand the word she was saying. And all she was saying was, move the phone, move the phone. So we moved the phone. While this is taking place, and we have, we're hearing these signals with the parabolic mic, we still are hearing these tree knocks in the distance. Mm-hmm. And then you're also hearing twigs start breaking around. So wow. Al's going to, you know, he Al I took the, the parabolic mic and started scanning, scanning the woods at this point. 
Yeah, so I'm, I'm scanning the woods, and like I said, after I, I used that Tibetan singing bowl, the energy of the place just changed. The woods just was, I mean, it just really amped up. And um, so I hear, what I hear, I'm hearing footsteps coming towards us from far away, and, I, you know, and I, they're getting closer, and they're getting closer. And it's pitch black. We're in the middle of the woods on Halloween, you know what I mean? Who else is out here with us? And we're up on a ridge line. We got like a, a little three-foot stone wall behind us. And we just got a couple of glow sticks on the ground because you're not allowed to start campfires. We don't want to give away our position anyway if there's anybody else out in the woods doing what we're doing. And uh, so we hear, we hear this footsteps. So I turn on the, the mic over to uh, Brian and Bill, and I say, I think there's some dude walking in the woods. So they listen to it, and they're like, Al, that's no dude, man. That's <laughs> some heavy footsteps coming towards us. So, Bill, you want to take it? Well, you know, it's interesting because okay, I had my video camera. Now, natural instinct is telling me uh, not to make a connection to about the so audio. Out. Anyway, about the audio. Um, so I, my instinct was not to grab the camera to recall what we were hearing because it was so odd. And I didn't think about grabbing the camera, which was really uh, a bad move on my part because what we were hearing it was going from one spot, and then it would go to a totally different location. And, and we're talking, you know, hundreds if not thousands of feet separating from the point we first heard it to the second point to the third point. It's making its way closer to us. Now, in the distance, there were dogs barking. And I don't know if it was a kennel. Um, I don't know if it was a person that had multiple, you know, dogs in their backyard, whatever it may be. But the dogs were going crazy barking when they heard the whoop they stopped they got quiet we didn't even get we didn't even get to the whoops yet bill I know. So, so anyway this thing whatever it is stops below us in the swamp and you know i take off the parabolic mic the headphones everything i throw it down on the chair and we're just listening i'm saying should i do a tree knock you know and Brian says, just wait, just hang out and see what happens. And all of a sudden, we get a rock knock. Boom, boom, two rocks uh, knocked together. So we're like, so like, wow. And I'm thinking, like I said, the energy in this place was really messing with our minds. It really was. It was, it was, we were like under the influence. It was crazy. So I do, I do, I do a tree knock with uh, my walking stick. And then we hear a tree knock from like two miles away. So, we're standing there, and at this point, whatever this thing is below us lets out three large whoops. Brian, do you have that recording available? Yes, I do. Can you play it half of these people, please? I'm going to right now. Now, this whoop, we're, we're a good 50 feet away from where this thing is. And the ground underneath our feet is vibrating. Okay. Now, I jump over the wall and I run towards the sound of the whoops. And these guys follow me. And like I said, we got. We Boom. Hussein Bolt right here, man. We got night vision cameras. We got thermal imagers. And Bill's got this like flashlight that it's like 5,000 lumas that lights up the woods. And. We're, we're looking for anything that's in the swamp, and there's nothing there. We don't see anything. There's nothing in the swamp, and we're like, how could it be? How could something just walk up to us, do these three large whoops, and then just disappear? Like it, it just 
went into a different dimension. We didn't hear anything walk away from us. He's hanging no. in the trees. Hey, like no. the song says, whoop, there he is. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? That's not a bad Oh, that's idea. just so wrong. It could, have, it could have been, it could have went up into the trees. You're right. But being that we were about 25, 30 feet above the swamp, and the swamp didn't have any trees, and it just, you know, um, cattails, those kind of weeds, those long weeds, I don't know where it would have went to. And another so, thing, you know, Al, just you got to impress on, upon the, everybody here that, like, you know, we're talking about heavy steps. And I use this analogy all the time. Um, I got kids. We take them to a, a local circus or, you know, a county circus. When, when an elephant or some large animal is walking towards you on the ground, you feel it. You feel that presence. And this thing was s- extremely heavy. So if it's going to climb a tree, there, there were big trees there, but not a, I don't think big enough to, like, you know, if you're moving that fast, not to be knocked down and make a, a hell of a racket mm-hmm. at this point. I always thought that they lived underground. That'd be my my thing, you know. Yeah, I mean, uh, no one can find them. Maybe maybe that's their 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 secret. Yeah, maybe, maybe who the hell knows? I mean, so um, you know, we're pretty we're pretty um, amped up at this point, and um, so we decide to hunker down in this one location, and we're, and we're sitting there, and we hear stuff walking around us all night long. I mean, you could hear because there's so much. Uh, leaf litter on the ground because of it's the fall it's halloween you can hear stuff walking around us every everywhere around us and you know we but we can't see it not we can't see it in the night vision spectrum of light we couldn't see it in the, the thermal imager spectrum of light we couldn't see it in a regular spectrum of light we just couldn't see what was all around us so we're sitting there and um after this thing did these three whoops it threw a huge stone towards us and uh, it almost hit Brian in the head. Towards Brian, me. Take... Towards yeah. me. Well, we were all there, too. <laughs> it's not, not us. But let's, let's get the whole us thing out of there. Um, I, was, I was the closest to, to a certain point where I did not have as much protection as where everybody, you know, Al and Bill were sitting. And it, was, it wasn't a stone. It was, it was felt like a boulder that hit the ground. I mean, this was a significant piece of, of material aimed at me <laughs> at this point. It's very specific about what? that, guys, okay? <laughs> yeah, whatever this thing was, this creature was, it was definitely trying to get us to leave that area for whatever reason it had. We weren't leaving. I told everybody, I said, yep. take a seat. We're going to hunk it down. We're going to stay here. Let's see. Let's ride this out. Let's see what happens. So we're sitting there, and Bill has got his back towards this stone wall. He's the closest to the wall. I'm facing him. Brian is to my left. And all of a sudden, we hear what sound like to me a mountain lion running up the ridge line. You know, giant strides, bada boom, bada boom, bada boom. And something is coming, and it's coming hard, man. Yep. Okay? So we're all standing in. As it's getting closer, we all jump up. Bill jumps up and starts to run. I spin him around. I say, don't run. Face it head on. Let's see what, you know, and, and, and let me explain. We didn't go in with any firearms into the woods, but we all had 18-inch machetes, 10-inch survival knives, and two cans of pepper spray because there are black bears, big cats, packs of coyotes. You know, this is the woods, and these animals do exist. So as this thing is coming up the, the ridge line towards us, we all jump up. We pull our survival knives out of our sheets. And just as whatever this thing is gets to that stone wall, it stops. Nothing comes over the wall. 
it, we never hear it walk away. It's just nothing. There was nothing there. And the only way I could explain it as if a bear was trying what they call a bluff charge, where a bear will charge you to get you away from its kill or its or its cubs. But then once you turn and run, it stops. Well, we never left and it stopped. And at that point, kind of gave up on trying to get us out of there and just the energy settled. And then after those three whoops, there was the coyotes and the dogs. You could have heard a pin drop in those woods because there wasn't any other animals making any noise the rest of the night. And um, so we hung out there for a little while longer and we uh, just to ride it out, see what else would happen. And nothing, nothing was happening. Kind of energy kind of settled down at that location. So I said to the guys, I said, look, Let's pack it up. Let's go to our second location, which was at like the northern end of the lake. And and I, I got to explain to you, I all day long my ears were ringing, and whenever my right ear rings, I usually have an visitation. Okay, so I'm praying to God that we don't that these guys don't get abducted because of me. I was like, oh, please. You're please. hoping it's just maybe a toothache coming on or something, huh? No, it's funny. You know, one side of my brain is saying, I hope we don't spend the whole night in the woods and, and not get anything. And the other side of my brain is saying, oh, please, God, don't let these guys get abducted because of me. So that said. It's all start- your fault. Blame it on you. So, <laughs> really, so well, my brother says I'm chipped. So, we, we did. At, at that point, we start heading towards our second location. And we're all walking. We get to the most northern part of the, of the lake. And we see this, like, what looks like a white strobe light in the sky. And it's going from west to east. And then it just stops. And it starts to go south. It doesn't turn. It just goes south in a south southly direction and then it stops and when it stops the second time we all kind of looked up at the same time and said what the hell is that yep and no sooner did we do that bro you want to take it you know you see this this it's unusual we know air traffic we it's around us all the time i mean it is a metropolitan area for the most part from where we we all have been and, and come from and work and we all pretty much said at the same time, we're pointing at it, like, what's that? And the minute we said that, it tops midair, and it just makes a beeline for us. And this thing's coming. And at this point, um, I'm, you know, before we packed up to leave the, the, the first location, I actually had a, a new camera. It's really, it's, it's supposed to be good at, at, at night shots, which it is. And I kept it. I was going to put it in my backpack, but I actually put it in my pocket because I, I always hear the stories. You see them on the news. It's the guy that has the Bigfoot or, or this account or that. They don't have the camera. They don't pick up the camera. And the minute this starts coming over, I reach into my pocket. And everybody's like, what's that? You know, I wish we could picture, you know, film this. And I'm like, I'm filming this right now. I started filming whatever I could from that point forward. And it was, it was pretty cool. It, it stops probably about uh, 200 yards from us or less, less than 200 yards. It's just above the trees, and it's just standing there. And then the next thing you know, uh, we, we shut the lights off because, you know, we want to we observe this. We don't want to give away our location. And it just it starts hitting up. A spotlight comes out. And it's kind of like like looking in, in our direction then a little bit to the left of us. And at that point, I think, Al, Al, you called for a time check, right? 
Yeah, I turned to Bill and I said, well, once it started to come towards us, we had our headlamps on so we could see where we're going, walking through the woods. I told the guys to shut them off just to see what would happen. And when we did, like Brian said, it hit us with a floodlight. And at that point, I turned to Bill and I said, Bill, give me a time check. And Bill said it was 9.15. Go ahead, Bill, pick up the story. Well, actually, I my initial thought that this was a drone. It was humming, and it slowed down, like he said, right above us. And it was rather large. And this is an area, again, this is federal land. And the lake, it, there are signs that indicate clearly that at night, you know, you're not really supposed to be in that immediate vicinity of a lake at night. So my initial re, uh, reaction was, this might be them. They're watching us to see what we're doing in this area. But when that thing stopped above us and, you know, it was just hanging there and it didn't sound like a, a normal engine. It was more like an electrical hum. And that's when we really said, OK, now what the heck is going on? I mean, what are we experiencing here? And there's other things that occur later on that kind of link to what was going on when we first seen this object. Now, I am a ufologist. I skywatch. I look for these kind of objects all the time. So, you know, I have an eye for this and I could really I really, you know, try to reach all kind of possible conclusions. And I really to this day, I don't know what the heck that was. I, I cannot say uh, one way or another what it was. I'm very careful. I'm cautious to speculate and claim it to be one thing or another. But I will say it's an identified flying object by definition. Um, yes. because that's what it was. I don't know what it was. And um, yeah, so that that was my perspective on the whole thing. And did while it was get, coming towards Ow, us. what about that ear years? Did it start cool, cooling down, or was it getting hot at that point in time when you guys were seeing the the uh, the whatever? No, might at that point when that thing came oh, towards us, my my, huh? my, uh, my ear wasn't ringing at all at that point. But you got to understand, okay. and I can't stress this enough: the energy at this place was unbelievable i mean it was like i said we we did a lot of a lot of stuff that night you know as far as uh, doing our investigation but it yeah. took every ounce of energy for us to keep focused to do it because the energy in that place was just this so disorienting it was it was insane and and when this thing came towards us like i said when we originally it started out it would look like a strobe light it was white and then it started to turn colors and by the time it got to us it looked like an orange orb a huge orange orb just above the trees and brian was streaming live on twitter and you know so he happened to be filming it because at that point of course we had packed up to move from one location to the other i didn't have anything available to grab everything was in my backpack same thing with bill we didn't have anything accessible to us to take our uh, take our uh, video cameras out or our digital cameras and start taking photographs because we were we were half we were in transit so everything was packed up good thing brian had enough common sense to leave something out where he could get to it you know didn't want so, to be yeah. that guy that didn't have that camera and you don't want yeah. to lose sight of what we're looking at either that's yeah, another and, and, yeah you don't want to be the person like that misses that opportunity and this was it was it opportunity slamming on the door at this point and i'm i'm getting as much video as i can get from it yeah. So yeah, well, well, I, I seen the video. It's pretty amazing because I uh, I have no idea what this is. Yeah. I mean, Other guy, we, have it, you seen the video? I'm running it right now. Bear with me. 
Yeah, it's don't, uh, don't run too hard. You're gonna you're breaking AC. You tear your ACL or something like that. <laughs> this night is, and the night is not over, and they're gonna get into it more. But I gotta tell you, there were parts where you felt totally at ease in some spots, and then in other. What lo- kind of camera was this, by the way? Right. This is actually an Olympus camera. I think it's a T4. It's it. The reason why I picked it up is at nighttime it does uh, multiple shots and then uses an algorithm to actually put together a really nice uh, light uh, dark shot, you know, a night nice night shot right. actually, without having to have the flash. It works. I mean, it's amazing. Um, it's not the greatest for video because of you know it, it can't just shoot six Zoom. versions of the video, but right. I just I just wanted to record something. I mean, I, I had it in the hands. I you know. We, un- unfortunately, we're we're not like those uh, TV uh, paranormal uh, groups that have the <laughs> night vision cameras and fifty guys with us and whatever. Uh, so we got to do what we have. Um, but it it is one hundred percent, you know, an um, an amazing video in my part. You know, no, just no, to put, capture that. I can't explain it. Uh, you know, it's yeah. Zooming in is an issue with this. Um, I don't right. know what resolution you actually did. Did you same. guys ever? Did you guys ever take that video and like like turn that into MUFON or or anything like that? Yeah, we did. We actually sent it to. Um, did you send it to Erica? Erica. Erica. Yeah, we sent it to Erica, and and she was supposed to give it to her tech guy and run 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 it through all of their analysis and get back to us but we haven't heard anything back from her at this, okay. at this stage. well i'll tell you, you know what that that's a good video i like that so you know you guys uh you know maybe i'll reach out to somebody i might know and then uh then we can like you know because you open minds you know they always like to share those videos and stuff like that i think a lot of people like to see that so you know and, and what you don't hear on the video is the three of us discussing what the hell it is and you know we're trying to look at it rationally bill is like i think it's a plane and i'm saying well it doesn't sound like a plane it does we don't hear the motors of a plane yeah there was like a hum drone could be a drone we are on federal land could be a drone they could be watching us and you know brian's standing and going literally this is a ufo because we don't know what the hell it is and it's hovering right above us and then as it started to get lower closer to the to the tops of the trees that's when we started to hear that electrical hum that it was letting out. But, um, you know, definitely did not sound like um, anything I ever heard. I mean, I've, I'm not a drone expert by any stretch of the imagination. The only drones I've ever seen were the little ones my kids play with, and they make a ton of noise. So it wasn't anything to that effect. But um, So we stood there and we discussed it and tried to rationalize it, and we didn't know what the hell it was. And... We said, okay, let's uh, move on to the, to the second location. We get to our second location, and it's a nice clearing. It's a circle. We've got the Appalachian Trail to our right. We've got the lake to our left. And, again, we call the psychic up, and we're, and we're talking to her. And she keeps telling us, she goes, man, what's wrong with you guys tonight? You guys don't sound like yourselves. You know, you sound strange. And we're arguing with her, saying, no, it's not us. It's you. You're the one You're supposed to say, wait a second. We're, we're all from the Bronx. Of course we sound a little different. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> well, it's true. You but, know I'd love to get know. you guys on that. <laughs> I don't know what can understand our, our New York accents. But, uh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, you know, we, we're there, and she's telling us, okay, this location has got a totally different feel from the last one. And she's going on about, you know, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna, we're gonna see, like, 
leprechauns and um, fairies and elves and gnomes and Bigfoots and all kinds of stuff. And again, this is is where she uses the time-space continuum theory. And she says, you know, this location is like a portal. Things are coming in and out of all night long. You're going to see this. You're going to see that. And on the way in, Brian, explain what you've seen on the way in when we first got there. So when when you're walking in to get to the lake, you got to go about a mile and a little bit little bit of change coming in. And I'm very familiar with the woods; I have no problems with it. Uh, and as I'm walking, I, I can kind of see out of the corner of my eye something that looks like it's paralleling our walk, but about 40, 50 yards out. And every time I just decide, like, no, what the hell is that? I look over. It just it looks like a brownish leg, and it just goes right behind a tree. And then nothing comes out after that, so it just disappears. And I'm just I'm I'm monitoring this, and this is happening quite often as we keep progressing. Um, the only time it actually really changed much is when we get to uh, one of the spots that is the the circle that we finally end up in um, near near the, the the pyramid or the Anukvashuk rocks. I I see a white robe type of of leg going behind a tree. And I mentioned it to everybody, you know, I mentioned it to Bill and Al, and I just said, you know, something's paralleling us right now. And I, I never got a chance. I, every time I try to look at it, it just disappeared, which I found very interesting. And it's not a play in the eyes. I'm not one of those that, you know, if you're in the woods, there was no um, adrenaline rush. You know, sometimes when, when people get scared, they'll, they'll swear they hear things that aren't really there. You know, they'll hear a bird or, a, or sure. an owl, and they'll think, oh, my God, it was a freight train. No, no, oh, it's yeah. an owl. You know, relax. Uh, I don't know what you got on you, but, you know, don't light it up yet. Um, and, and, you know, so, you know, and I'm very familiar with this stuff. So, But there was definitely something that was watching us from the moments we walked in there until pretty much we got out. And I think Cindy, when we got her on the phone at our last location, she even said, I mean, going in and out, that you're being monitored right now, which was an interesting prospect because you're looking around. It's pitch black, nothing, no eye shine, no sounds because there's no other animals there. And Did she kinda, say by what or who or – Well, as Al just mentioned, you know, she, you know there, there's these guardian type of, of entities. Yeah, she used the word guardian. Guardians, she said she didn't want to say it, and and I don't think anybody wants to say it because I think people think you're nuts right off the bat. Um, but she said elves and fairies, or gnomes, that that kind of genre, you know, like those kind of creatures, woodland creatures, and plus Bigfoots, and she said Native Americans, um, and she said that there's a really good chance that you guys are going to actually have an, a real encounter where they're going to come forward at one point. Oh wow. Yeah. Wow. So, and you could see these things when we were when we finally got to the, the this one spot. You see, you could see the the black the difference between the you know the darkness of a woods, and there's like another like a, a shadow creature. I guess people would call him a shadow figure. I'm seeing these things moving, you know, fairly tall up and then also down, and then I'm also seeing little white lights like going from tree to tree. So, Bill, t- tell them what yeah. you've seen with the night vision camera in the trees. Now, the good part was that we had a monitor that the, that my night vision camera was connected to. 
And Al had the the screen in front of him. He was sitting down. I was standing above him and pointing the night vision camera toward the trees because there was also a media shower that night. So I'm pointing to the trees now. And what we see is two shadowy things. And they were small in size. I'd say maybe a foot, two feet. But they were in the trees. And they were going. uh, One was going. And then the other one would follow. It was going from right to left across the screen. And I was, Al, did you just see that? He says, Bill, I'm watching it. And... Uh, the thing was that Brian had brought this device and it had a card, a mini SD card in it. So it's saying that it's recording. So we're all psyched that we got excited. this. Really excited because we got something on recording. When I get home, it's blank. There was nothing on it. And, it, you know, you hear that all the time. It figures. But that's actually. What? Yep. And, was- and here, here's the best part. I mean, I'm a, I'm a computer guy. Oh. Bill's a computer guy. I know that even on, a, on an SD card. When you have a file and this thing, I saw the the counter running. I know it was it said record. It was running. I'm like, wow, we've got the, some of the greatest evidence you'll ever see on this in this subject matter, you know, in this research. And you'll usually get some kind of artifact in there, in a trash bin or some kind of even a file that doesn't have like a regular extension. This card was blank. It was just like a piece of plastic, and I've never in Mike ever encountered something like that ever. And wow. another thing, too, is the night vision also, you know, they everybody had their own equipment, you know, like camera equipment, audio. Now, the night vision, when I also pointed to the trees, now, remember, the foliage is on the ground. All the leaves had fallen. This is Halloween. And I was picking up small, lighted objects that looked like orbs, but they looked like there was dozens of them filling the top of the tree levels. They were everywhere and i was like what could this be in the trees reflecting this light because you know night vision equipment is very sensitive you know it, it picks up all the illumination it picks up objects like that so i'm trying to figure out what the heck could this all be but then uh as brian i think it was brian that captured him maybe it was al tell him what you caught on the ca- on your camera oh so well anyway we're Bill's, Bill's seeing all these little light anomalies in the yep. trees. I'm sitting facing facing Brian, and I'm seeing these tall shadow figures, maybe seven feet tall, jumping from tree to tree. And I'm like, are you guys seeing this stuff? You know, I'm seeing these tall shadow figures, and Brian is seeing these little white shadow figures, you know, these small ones. I'm seeing these big ones. And... Uh, so then, you know, we start taking photographs. We start, Brian start, Brian's, we, me and Brian are both using two different kind of cameras. Brian's doing an EVP. And so we're starting to, and, and you can see these light anomalies uh, in the woods. And I had done the research on the, on the area and I heard about these light anomalies. People would see them, these little light orbs, and they would try to chase them down. And by the time they get there, they would be somewhere else. And um, so I had told Brian, I said, listen, Bring your um, laser pointer, and I'll bring my laser pointer. And if we see any of these light anomalies, let's hit them with our laser pointers, and let's see what happens. So while we're sitting there across the lake from us, two of these light anomalies. Now, the psychic says we see these things as light anomalies, but she sees them as fairies. Okay? So we're sitting there, and we see these two light anomalies go on across the lake. So I said, Brian, you hit the one on the right with your laser pointer. I'll hit the one on the left. I said, Bill, when we hit these things, do me a favor with your, you know, huge flashlight. Hit this, hit that area. Let's see if we see anything. So on three, we all go. One, two, three. Bang. We hit these light anomalies with these laser pointers. And Brian's got a green one. I got a red one. And 
As soon as we hit them with the laser pointers, they went out. Bill puts his flashlight on. It's like a huge spotlight, and there's nothing there. And you and you could see through the through the shrubs because nothing's got any leaves on it. You know, you could see clear through. You could see through the dirt, to the rocks on the ground, and there's nothing there. And then we started taking more photographs. And after we 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 looked at our uh, evidence, after a few days later, when we reviewed our evidence. I got a blue mist in one of my photographs, and I got a lot of light anomalies deep in the woods. Brian got a blue mist. Brian also got a red fog. A red fog. Yeah. and But before we even knew any of this, that we were capturing any of this crazy stuff, we're sitting there, and we hear a family coming down the Appalachian Trail, hand to God. It sounds like a mother and father and two small children laughing and giggling and coming down the Appalachian Trail. So you know, perfect I, place I, to go trick-or-treating. Yeah, on Halloween, and it's like 1130. <laughs> so I, I ask Bill right. for another time check, and Bill says it's 1130. And I go, it's impossible because we just spoke to the, to the psychic at 930, and that had to be no more than a half hour ago. And Bill's like, Al, I swear to God, it, you know, it's, it's 11.30. And I'm like, man, we lost two hours of time somewhere. You know, where did these two hours go? But in the meantime, we hear this family coming out. So I turned to the guys and I said, look, we're sitting there in the dark, armed to the teeth. I said, let's put our headlamps on so when they come out, we don't scare them. And, you know, we don't freak these people out. So everybody says, agrees. We put our headlamps on. And we're waiting for these people to come out, and we can hear them coming. And then, like, just as they're getting ready to step out onto the, the, the camp area, no one ever comes out of the woods. So we're looking at each other, waiting for someone to come out. Yeah. So Bill and I actually get up with his, you know, huge flashlight. We go in, we go up to the Appalachian Trail, a little, little ways, maybe, you know, 100 feet or so. And we're looking for a family. You know, where's a family going to hide? Where are they going to go? Even if they heard us and turned around, we would still be able to see them. There was nobody there. And that's and that's that was one of the things that the psychic said that those people we that we were caught in the time space continuum, and that those people were actually going to be there the following day. <laughs> and wow! The reason, and the reason why we got this red mist. And this blue of the blue mist and the red fog again is because we were in this time space continuum, and you know it was just crazy. I mean, it was just we, you know, it was just mind boggling, just mind boggling, just being in this place with this energy and all this stuff happening. And you know, uh, you know, everybody's trying to figure out there's no way that we've been sitting here for two hours, you know, we, we just got here. But it held like those 10 minutes. two hours ago. Yeah. I thought, yeah. honest to God, I would have bet my bottom dollar on it that we were there no longer than a half hour. No longer. Yeah, nothing, nothing more than that. And it which was one, the, get ahead, to the conclusion, too. I mean, when you hear those voices, and I, it, like Al said, it's, uh, it sounded like they were literally less than 10 feet away from us, closing in. And you're listening, because again, it was Halloween, all the, fle- the, the leaves were on the ground, the foliage, and you would hear them retreat or come toward us. It was just gone. It was just so odd that we heard the voices so clearly. And then just as, as, as fast as we heard it, it was gone. And I couldn't make, I, I, you know, you're trying to reach uh, a conclusion that's logical, you know. <laughs> yeah, but Maybe there, there really was a family, though, and they, and mm-hmm. they seen you out there. 
on on Halloween. They said, wait a second, kids. We might have ourselves some people out here on Halloween tripping and hide out. <laughs> and boom. Okay, gosh. You said something. Then they just shh. And then when they said something, shh. And then maybe guys went back and forth. Maybe. I don't know. I guess that's the only thing you can say as far as. You guys are as, brave because I'd have been out. As, as far as <laughs> running through the woods, screaming out. That's all. That's the only thing I could do. It. That's the only thing I could put in my head would be thinking maybe they're they're actually really are there and they they held out all night thinking your guy's gonna abduct them or something, you know. And what's crazy as as we're because it was about eleven thirty, getting close to midnight now. So you know we're thinking of going, you know, leaving. We're, we're tired. We've been there pretty much like eight nine hours already because we got yeah. there in the afternoon. So as we're uh, leaving the lake area again down this old mine road to get to the main road and we see abundance of deer other animals and then i i said to them you see look at this oh, again no activity behind us but everything's in front of us it's like they were avoiding that area of the lake now again i don't know if it's related to what happened there you know maybe they can sense uh, there's still some traces of uh, plutonium, whatever, whatever it may be, you know, the, the, the radiation levels. But yeah. it was just so odd to see all of these animals right in front of us. I mean, you're startled because they're, they're right there. Remember, this is pitch black. So we had the headlight, the, the lamps on our heads, but still, they're just coming out from everywhere. I mean, it's startling when they, they jump out like that. But again, very odd. Uh, that there was nothing, I mean nothing, the whole time we were in the woods. I had no sense of any animals. And like these two gentlemen said, there was an uneasy feeling that I had all night that we were being watched. Even when I was walking down the trail, if I was the last guy, I always found myself looking back. Now, you know, you you can get that paranoia. You know, I, it can be rationalized that you have that thing because of the atmosphere. You know, what the it's in a dark environment, etc. But it was just unusual that like he said about the energy it just had this aura and this feeling about it which you know that's why i'm hoping that soon we all go back which isn't the plans but i am really looking forward to going back to this location i think bill's gonna build a house out there actually he's gonna put the pool in i want to go back well you sit out there and camp a few days you're gonna be building a house anyways a few little log cabins running around but that's about it i wouldn't recommend camping uh near that lake or or on the appalachian trail whatsoever for security and safety reasons even your health but you know what what bill was touching on is when we got to the first spot and and we did the we did the vibration with the, the the bowl, and it was just it ramped up, and it was like an intense, like almost like when when the rain's coming in. I don't know if you ever hear feel some really bad storms, you can feel the pressure building, and the Absolutely. difference. I mean, and and then once the whoop happened and, and and the bluff charge, it just dispersed. It was instantaneous. It's like wow, the, everything feels lighter. Whoop. There it is, literally, huh? Exactly. And then, then right. when we get to the, the the other location before you know leaving, where we're, we're experiencing these, you know, flashes of light, different shadows, um, the the family that's walking through there. There's an energy there too, but it's not like this that the same intensity. It's kind of like a, it's a it's it's a little bit more calming. Um, it's I'm going to use the term magical for 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 that word or euphoric. And it's just it just feels a bit different. You feel that the you know that there's something going on, but it's not like like the seriousness that we just experienced not that long ago. 
but it, it, it definitely definitely a strange experience. And if Bill, you do build a house out there, I just give me a corner room. All right, now, <laughs> you guys, tell them about our symptoms. Oh, wait, 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 wait. You guys are getting way ahead. <laughs> Let Al go in. Let Al go so, no, yeah. so after after a little while, everything starts to calm down at the second location. And I say, okay, let's go to the third location because everything is on the way out towards the car. And I wanted to get to that third location around 12 o'clock at night because – that's where everybody sees these Sasquatches coming off the Appalachian Trail. So we get to the third location, and so we're right on time. It's like a quarter to 12, and we're feeling the effects of being in this area for seven, eight hours. We're really drained. And um, then I look at my – I realize that. I said, wait a minute. Tonight's the night they turn the clocks back. Okay, and you could have heard like uh, everybody just groaned because nobody wanted to sit there for another hour waiting for 12 o'clock to come uh, at this third location. But I didn't realize at the time, again, because none Mm -hmm. of us are thinking straight that you don't turn the clocks back till two. I'm thinking at 12, you turn them back. So we're at the third location and we're debating, should we, shouldn't we? And, you know, everybody's pretty much burnt out at this point. And the whole game plan was. When we finished we finished at the lake that night, we were all going to go back to the diner and grab a bite to eat and a cup of coffee and discuss the evening. So as we're walking out uh, out, of the, out, of the, out of the park, uh, we're all kind of talking amongst ourselves saying, man, what a shitty night. Nothing happened. You know, we didn't catch anything. We didn't see anything. And, and like, we're, it's just not computing in our brains that we just had like the most incredible evening in our lives. And we're thinking at this time, you know, what a, what a shitty night. We would spend eight hours in the woods for nothing, you know. And we get yeah. to our cars, and everybody goes their separate way. Brian, tell them how you felt on your ride home. Well, I, I had the furthest trip, so I'm going from upstate New York down back into the uh, city. And the whole time, I'm, I'm kind of feeling like I'm just scanning the skies for something. I'm anticipating something. I'm looking. And it's not just for deer. I mean, the, the road that I'm on. It's it's like you know I mean it's a deer parking lot for the most part, um, but it, it just you just a little bit on edge like like when when is it going to happen when is it going to happen like you know driving down um, just trying to you know it's not even I'm not tired I'm just observing everything and it didn't it that trip took a while to get up there but it was almost instantaneous coming home but long long trip. Wow. So then well, the next morning, oh, I'm sorry, yeah. I'm sorry. No, no yeah. I was, Al, you were just going to go into it. So, I'll, I'll, you know, I, I woke up actually the the next morning, um, you know, and and when I wake up, I have this metallic-y taste in my mouth. Like, what the hell is, you know, going on here? <laughs> so I'm like, whatever, you know, maybe it's just a post-nasal drip or what have you. And I, you know, spit out and it's blue. <laughs> I mean, blue, blue. <laughs> And I wasn't eating anything that would be blue that night or, you know, nothing. You ate a Smurf. I <laughs> everybody says I have a Smurf or something like that. But I'm like, okay, this is a little odd. So the first thing I do is I'm like, you know, I, I contact Al. I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah, you have any uh, anything uh, strange going on? I also have a, like a bump on my head, on my forehead. And Al, keep going. <laughs> All right. So Brian calls me the next day and he says, I woke up with this metallic taste. I'm spitting out blue phlegm. I got a bump on my head. Is there anything wrong with you? And I was like, well, you know, as a matter of fact, 
my bottom lip is swollen, like I got punched in the lip, and I feel like there's something behind my lip, something hard, like something was implanted in my lip. And and I know for a fact that none of us went down that night. Nobody, there was no injuries. We were all very careful. We walked in together. We walked out together, and we were very safe evening. And um, so I said, well, let me call Bill, see what happens to Bill. Bill, tell him what happened to you. Well, I had a bump on the upper my upper back area. I was I was suffering from nausea and I had a really bad migraine headache. And it wasn't just for one day. This actually lasted for a few days. Um, so it was pretty odd. Now, you know, I was thinking maybe it was side effects from the lake area. You know, maybe it was symptoms from that residue effect from just being there for that duration of time. But, you know, what? When Al was, because Al was the one that really pointed out, he made the emphasis about well, the mis- those sound like the uh, all makings of a hangover to me, Bill. You sure <laughs> you weren't <laughs> sipping on old Grandpa's old cough medicine? You <laughs> know, Al said maybe we should bring um, brandy to the, to the lake with us because it was cold. It was you know it was Halloween night, but up here it's cold. You know, it's in the thirties. And I said, no liquor, because my, my thing, my model and my rule, I don't drink and drive. Not even a, a little taste of alcohol, I will not drink and drive. So that was out of the question. So Absolutely. Yeah. On, on, no, on top of that, I mean, I, I was, you know, I woke up and uh, my wife came back in with the kids and and I was, you know, like, let's go. Let's, we had to go someplace. I forgot what, what was going on. And I changed my shirt, and they said, what happened to you? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And those bumps, the bruises. So I looked down, and on my, and on my chest, my stomach area, there in, different, in two different spots are bruises. Like I've been, I was hit with something. And I wasn't hit with a, anything that night. So that, that, was, that was rather That's what peculiar. happened to those two hours that you guys lost. You got into a fight with the gnomes and the fairies. That's what happened. <laughs> it could have well, been Fight Club. I called I called the psychic the next day and I says, you know, we're we're all reporting these injuries, you know, and none of us went down. What do you think happened? And she said, Well, Al, I gotta be brutally honest with you. I don't know. She said the energy at that place was really incredible and she says, As a matter of fact, I woke up with a rash on my arm and she goes, I don't know how that got there. And she lives out of state. So I mean, we all had these injuries and, and I'll be honest with you, I was loopy for like three days, a minimum of three days. I was after that, after that investigation, I was not in my right mind for three days. I was, you know, always like forgetting stuff and having to go back to do stuff over and over again. And just, just the energy was just insane at this place. Yep. Just insane. Another thing too, is the three of us on that Sunday, uh, the day after we were communicating with each other because I was trying to really figure out what exactly that wooting sound was. We, I, I'm literally, we spent hours going of all the wildlife that are known in this area and listening to their sounds of distress, you know, all the different types of sounds they would make. Couldn't find nothing. Then um, pretty much we all uh, reached the same conclusion because we were visiting sites of uh, Bigfoot because that was my last option. Let me see what Bigfoot, you know, anybody has recordings. I found the site, and I said, so I think it was I contacted Brian first. Brian, I just heard something that sounded almost exactly what we heard. So then Brian said, well, Bill, I found something, too. So we're all three of us are communicating 
And that's when Brian, uh, he had that sample. I was like, oh, my God, that's exactly what we heard. So this is something I've never, you know, and again, you always want to try to say skeptical, logical, rational. You know, you just don't want to jump there to that conclusion. But I have to say, out of everything I've heard, there was nothing that sounded like that sound other than a sample of what so-called people have recorded of Bigfoot. That's the only thing I can say as far as being objective, um, uh, honest, and that's exactly what happened. So in, in my opinion, that's the closest thing that I, I've heard to this day that could have been what we heard that night. And, and I was I was I was a, I was a, a big skeptic in the theory that um, Bigfoot could go. It was interdimensional and stuff like that because I had a Sasquatch experience as a young child down in Florida, um, where we lived. Our our uh, development was like right off the swamps, and we had a. a to deal with like a, they call it the skunk ape down in Florida. We had to deal with this uh, skunk ape for like two weeks one summer, and uh, so I was familiar with you know not not so much the whoops because what I heard screamed. I didn't hear any whoops. This thing was screaming the one I seen and the one I heard as a kid. But um, if I, I mean, was stuck in that swamp, I'd be screaming too. I tell you, like, <laughs> get me out of here! Help! 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 But but that night. Whatever that thing was that whooped below us and then 10 seconds later was two miles away doing a tree knock, it was just not it's, – it's impossible for anything to move that far, that fast in the darkness with all these jagged stones and these and, and these branches and trees and just all everything that was in those woods. There's there even the Appalachian Trail at one point gets so sketchy that you know you, you need like a climbing gear to get over because the rocks are so dangerous, and it's just no way anything can go that distance in in ten seconds. And I actually actually started thinking, well, you know what? Maybe these things are interdimensional. I mean, and this is something I never believed in ever, and, and I had you know had my second doubts after that night. It was just I believe it. I did after yeah. I watched after you know the Million Dollar Man, Stephanie Powers got a hold of Andre the Giant. <laughs> Boom, nineteen seventy six. There it was. Uh, Maybe they are weird tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> what, what I never knew that was Andre the Giant, by the way, until you told me. I, I think it was, Bill. <laughs> One of the coolest things about the investigation is, you know, after you get a couple of days out, you start listening to, you know, the, your audio, you look at your video and, and your photos. And we were talking earlier about, like, you know, the Morse code. Oh, well, yeah, tell I, her I, about that other code, Brian. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I just posted a couple of pictures up, but um, okay. I was trying to do an EVP session at, at the last location, and I'm listening, I pop the audio on, and the first thing I hear is this binary code coming in. And I'm like, that's binary. I mean, that, that's a given binary. And I know that, that you can trans, you know, everything's binary. What we're doing right now is binary, but, you know, you can actually hide signals within the binary. So I'm looking for ways of like like maybe trying to pull like a signal out. Maybe it's sending a code, a Morse code, or or something through the binary. I contact my uncle who spent years uh, in the military doing you know projects, scientist kind of guy, and he's just you know it, it's it's rack he's racking his brain with it. And then um, one of my searches comes up with a it's almost stereograph, 
And basically what we did was I took the audio of this this file and I put a runner through this program that we have and you can see an image of the actual, you know, the, the wavelength. And as I'm running the image and I'm seeing the image and you can scroll in and out, the first picture I posted up just now for everybody in the chat room yeah, as well. Yeah, I see them in chat here. Um, I, I, without a doubt, and I wasn't grasping for straws or just trying to find something, I see a face. I see eyes, and like a nose, a mouth, and a long neck. And I'm like, that looks a hell of a lot like what the, the current grays would be. And so I'm looking, I'm looking again. And, I mean, it's clear. It, I can see it right now. It's not something like no offense. You know, this looks like the thing from Star Trek: The Original Series. Well, it's like one of the aliens. I kind of uh, actually thought it, really it looked like that too, almost. And and hey, when you, when when I looked at that first photo, that's immediately what registered in my brain that that original Star Trek alien. And if you look yeah. at that alien from the original series, yep. it's very reminiscent of most of the grays you see now. I mean, the only difference is that was in color. Um, that looked like some couple of old guys. But the new ones have bigger eyes. I mean, it's the same type of features and, and face. But there's, there's clearly an image uh, ahead there. Um, and this is literally pulled from that binary audio. It's actually on the evidence page. It's at the bottom. The audio, you'll hear it in the beginning before I start talking. It does come back in a little bit. And this is what was, you know, what I found in it. And I thought it was rather interesting to find something like that. Yeah. I'm looking at it. I'm looking actually looking at the first one without the drawings, and yeah, right. you can kind of see a face there. That's interesting. Yeah, the first one. The, I'll be. I'll be brutally honest with everybody. The first one is the only one that I see anything, and it's not actually where Brian has got it marked off in red. But I see it over to the right of that. I see two eyes, a mouth, a round head, a long skinny neck, and I actually see shoulders leading down out of the frame of the of the of the binary code. But um, I don't see it where Brian sees it and of course the other thing is from Star Star Trek. So I mean but you know it's definitely <laughs> I'm something thinking there. you maybe have a transmission from way back when that just bounced back. That's all. Live long and prosper. That's it, all. It was that, a, that would be an interesting a, transmission. It was a TV transmission that bounced back. That's it. <laughs> well, yeah, but you got to understand, you know, the explosion at this lake actually happened in the seventies when when Star Trek would have been, too, yeah. you know, on 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 TV. It could have been trapped in that space. Would have been in syndication. Yeah. And and you know it you know it could be a residual effect of that, but it's I, I see more than one face in the image. It's it's kind of hard to draw on it. But the one that was really prominent is the one I, I kind of try to outline a little bit. But I do see the one Al is mentioning as well. Yeah, and, and I see others as well, a smaller one. Yeah, yeah, it does. But it I don't know it. if that's just my eye matrixing either, though. You know what I mean? It could be something as simple as that. You know, seeing things where there, where you, there's actually nothing there, but your your eyes, your brain is programmed to see stuff like that. So, you know, I don't know. <clears throat> but we did. Brian did run. Um, that video through his software as well to try to see if uh, we could see any um, like wings or tail or anything from that stuff. It was actual plane and could, you, you couldn't see anything in there. I, I, I have nothing. I, I have a couple of buddies that are that one of the guys actually on our team does a video production as well. So, you know, that that's going over to him just to see what he can get out of it. Um, it definitely needs to be run through a couple of different filters, pull certain things out, pull some of the noise out, slow some of the, the you know, the, the jiggles down uh, of the camera movement. Um, but I, I think there may be something more there. 
if you put the right filters in and you move some gamma out of it, you, you probably see some. But I couldn't see anything definitive. I what I remember more is in my my actual mind's eye versus what what I caught on a film or digital. And, and you and you got to remember, Bill is not a paranormal guy. He's a ufologist. This was his very first investigation. And he got he got the gamut of everything from one end of the spectrum to the other. The only thing we didn't see that night were ghosts. But I mean, it was an amazing night. And uh, now Bill's Bill's slow ramped up. He wants to go back. So I guess we're going back at some time in the near future. You should. You absolutely should. And. <laughs> I would actually do a little bit of research on fairies because I have heard that they are a very uh, proper and respectful race. So you might want to bring them something. Like oh, a pair of boots. Def- bring them yeah, a pair of boots. You, I know no, fairies no, no, no. love I mean, boots. Like you, like <laughs> I love that. What type of fairy you're dealing with, if she can maybe tell you. But I'd bring something next time. At least then maybe you guys won't come home the next day with bruises because you were rude and you <laughs> tramped through their little area and you didn't bring them anything. What do you <laughs> well, don't bring are we talking Jimmy Choo or are we talking Uggs? Yeah, <laughs> you know, probably. I probably don't want your Uggs. I'm thinking not that. I'm thinking you know some type of food, maybe um, a crystal, a trinket, something like that. But there, they, they have heard that there are a lot of stories that fairies are a very proper race. So you can't just roll up to their door and not bring something. Hmm. Okay, well, that's, wow, that's, a, that's an interesting prospect. We we probably will be bringing something with us next time, and we'll also be recording part of the thing that we're implementing now. Is I have a uh, GoPros, and each each member is going to have one in the front and the back, going twenty four seven while we're out there, so we can catch everything we can catch. Um, very it's, cool. You know, very cool. Yeah, will you we guys be able to live stream this too, so we can. I mean, I'm not going to watch because I'm a big chicken shit, but uh, <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, Seth will. <laughs> it, it, it will be, you know, we're going to do our best to live stream it there. We try to live stream everything we do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah we're we're doing that. Yeah, through uh, Twitter. So when they mess with you guys and they erase your SSD card. At least somebody saw it first. Uh-huh. <laughs> On my end for that too, I did get more equipment to make sure that doesn't happen again. Hopefully. Yeah, and so did I. I invested in a night vision camera myself. So um, we'll see what happens. But um, yeah, Bill wants to go back and. Uh, I guess we just I just had a total knee replacement, so as soon as my leg is ready to walk, I'm only up to a quarter mile right now. And I think that night we must have put about eight, ten miles in. So as soon as I'm able to do some hiking, we'll head back out and uh, see what we catch this time around. I don't know if we'll ever get as lucky as we did the first time, being that we caught the perfect storm with the hollow's eve and the full moon and the meteor shower and, you know, the whole nine yards. But, um, who knows? You know, I didn't expect to find anything today. I took Bill there just to show him the lake either, and we found a ton of stuff. So, and the crazy thing about it is, we went back when we went back the second time on Halloween. It was only two weeks after Bill and I had gone there the first time, and all of those uh, structures that we had found, those um, shelters, were gone. Yeah. They weren't there anymore. It was like somebody took them down, or somebody the forest forestry came in and cut them down, or whatever. Because, I mean. It was it was strange that, you know, who would take the time to come in and, you know, destroy these structures? It just didn't make any sense to me. Right. 
Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, it was interesting when you guys were talking about the stones because I interviewed a guest oh, many, many years ago, and he did a whole thing about all across New England there are stone walls, stone structures, yeah. just these amazing things, and nobody knows why they're there. No, and nobody. nobody knows. Yeah, they're, they're just, and they run parallel to each other. Yeah. You know, it's, makes no sense. If it was a property line, why would you put two right next to each other, running the same direction? It's just, right. yeah, they're strange. It's strange with those, you know, it, you can ask somebody, I know people, you know, in Connecticut, they'll tell you one thing that's, you know, it's this. Uh, you go up to Maine, they'll tell you it's another thing. It, it's just, it just doesn't gel with anybody. I mean, I, it's the strangest thing to see all of them there. Or somebody had a lot of free time because, I mean, <laughs> they're, they're all over the place. Yeah. I've heard of some amazing energy in some of those stones, too. Like some of the acoustics and some of the actual chambers that you can go into are pretty, uh, oh, pretty the unreal. Chamber, chamber, chambers, chambers are amazing. That's another. Um, thing, by the way. That's another story. Oh my god, the stuff we found in the chambers. Forget about it. Oh my god. Can we get the Cliff Notes versions? We got ten minutes. Go, guys. Let me just say just this. a short edition. That's all. If you ever go, if you ever find yourself going to any of these st- uh, ancient stone chambers. Bring a night vision camera or night vision goggles, even if you go during the day. Some amazing stuff is going to pop out on the stones inside. Oof, that sounds yeah. fun. Crazy. But al- Just- also, you know, I, let's give them a little bit of warning. I mean, if, you, if you're going to do this and you're going to go out and you're interested in this field, and you're going to research – you know, protect yourself, and it's not just protect yourself with whatever type of maybe a weapon or whatever um, that you may bring. I mean, don't if you're licensed carry, if you if you're not, and you know, don't. But before you go on there, we we always you know, kind of say a prayer, um, just to protect ourselves with. You we're know, we're, we're well, you might say we're a little overkill. <laughs> yeah, it's it's better <laughs> safe than sorry. That's not overkill. Yeah, no, that's yeah. I mean, cause even you guys said you were a little messed up in the head because you're yeah. dealing with some powerful stuff especially i mean you guys definitely hit the trifecta i mean oh my yeah. god <laughs> it, you couldn't write a better script than this i mean this, this no, easily could have been a movie at this point <laughs> you know it was like okay we'll do this scene next you know right but yeah definitely definitely say, you know anything lord's prayer something to, to protect you fill yourself with some light you know and and do it on the way and when you before you leave too just you know just say you're gone you're not allowed to follow us back, and just just in case, you never know. Yeah, and we we always we always say a uh, white prayer before we go in, and we sage not only ourselves but our our equipment as well. And you know, we may carry some uh, um, sea salt in in little plastic bags in our pockets. When we also, but when we're done with the investigation, we do everything all over again before we leave you know we'll we'll say another white prayer and we'll we'll sage again and and you know we get the holy water the whole nine yards whatever you you know i like to do everything i like i don't want to bring anything home to my family you know so i i like to do as much as i possibly can to protect myself i you know i hear a lot of horror stories with these kids that go out to these um halloween haunted attractions and stuff and they bring dark energy home with them and they have no idea we did a we did an investigation at a insane asylum abandoned insane asylum and ran into Mm -hmm. a bunch of kids that were in there and they did they had they did absolutely nothing to protect themselves it was scary to think that they were in a place like that with no protection Mm-mm. Yeah, I, I I I ran away right as soon as you said you went to in a haunted insane asylum. <laughs> nope, 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 nope. Well, here's a better one for you. This haunted insane asylum is was I believe purchased by Lego to be a Lego land. 
It's wrong so on multiple wrong. levels. Yeah. Daddy, why is that Lego moving? You that know, Lego land just... is going to crash and burn. That's going to be the worst Lego land in the history of Lego lands. Yeah, oh, they, they, plan on, they plan on making a resort there. It's yeah. ridiculous. Oh. Not a good idea. That's like the worst possible place to do. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you know, they don't believe in any of that stuff. So they're just going to knock stuff down and build stuff over it and then wonder why, you know, all the horrible things happen that happen there. Wow. Absolutely. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Yeah. That's crazy. That's great. All right, you guys have been awesome. I have loved listening to your adventures. Um, I, 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 we need another hour because we could have just had you guys tell stories all night. This is, I'm sure you got them. I have no. Uh, we do. We do. Yeah. We got them. <laughs> thank, thank, and I want to thank you on behalf of the team uh, for inviting us on. And you know, it was a lot of fun. It really was. Absolutely. Thank you. Please tell everybody where they can find you, where they can keep up with you. If you guys have your own radio shows, where you talk about your adventures, how we can, you know, follow your live stream when you're out, you know, plug the heck out of yourself. Go ahead, Brian. Go crazy. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's it's uh, our website is BronxvilleParanormalSociety.com. Uh, it's, uh, it, it'll have links directly to our Twitter page, which is uh, BX Paranormal SO. You can find us on Twitter, and that will also lead you to our Periscope where we'll do the live feeds. We'll, we usually shoot out that way. Um, we're on YouTube. We're on virtually every social media site you can get, um, except for Pinterest, because I really don't think this works for Pinterest. Um, and, uh, <laughs> Probably not. Yeah, no. nah, that's, you know, do you want to put the dis- disemboweled people up on the on this, <laughs> different <Yeah. laughs> Well, uh, I mean, you know, maybe, whatever. <laughs> well, let's go for it. Uh, but that's you know we're we're found online and, and we're there on Facebook. We have a group for for chat and discussion, and also a page for our our, our stories. Uh, you know, and our investigation. Whenever we we get a report, we'll throw it on the website. It generates it right to Facebook, and then we can discuss it. Please come visit us. You know, and share your stories. We're we're more than welcome to you know you're more than welcome to to share what you have. We have an eight hundred. Uh, we have a a hotline number now. Um, and uh, I just don't remember the number right off the top of my head, <laughs> but we do have a hotline number. <laughs> we have that problem a lot on this show, too. Yeah. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. It's actually 845-293-2BPS. That's it. Thank you. Bill, right. plug, plug, your, plug, your, plug your Skywatch, Bill. Check on my live Skywatches at Bill NY as a New York Skywatcher on YouTube. I use night vision, and I use a 10-inch... Reflector, uh, refractor telescope. It's a go-to Dobsonian. So we're doing uh, live lunar observations as well. And actually, we had a little news today. Al, yeah, breaking news from today. Actually, Bronxville Paranormal Society will have a presentation at the Pine Bush UFO Fair May twenty-first. It's a Saturday in Pine Bush, which is known. You know, I don't know if you know about Pine Bush, but in the Hudson Valley, this is a hot spot for UFO activity that was occurring in the 80s and 90s and still up to this day since, you know, I've actually captured something in 2014. Chris Brown can tell you uh, the thing I captured. But, um, yeah, so we'll be there. I'll have a table as well right next to them talking about sky watching along with my good friend Eric Hartwig who does his sky watching in Boston, Massachusetts, and he's also a MUFON field investigator. American Road Warrior, you know him in chat. American Road Warrior. So nice, nice, yeah, nice. So we'll be there, and it'll be a lot of fun. So we're looking forward to. It. And I, I also want to thank all of you for having us on here. And I want to say thank you to all your listeners as well. Absolutely, Absolutely. and everybody in the yeah, chat we room too. It a lot. Yeah. Definitely, yeah, it was great. It was great talking to. You. 
Thank are you, you guys hanging out with uh, Linda Zimmerman tonight? Because if you are, tell her we said what's up. I will. We will. <laughs> She's going to be sitting right next to us. Yes. That's all. <laughs> yes. We had Linda on the show, and it was another great show. So, yes, oh we God. know Linda, and I have read Linda's books. I'm a huge fan of Linda Zimmerman. So you tell her we said what's up. We sure okay. will. Thank you again for having us on. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Good night. Thanks. All right, Good night. guys. Okay, thanks Good again. Morning. It was a great show. God, thanks, Fred. Yeah.